Hello and welcome to Recording Live. I am Dexter and with me, as always, is... It's me, Matt, as always. As always, it's Matt. Um, yeah, uh, we we had a bit of a week off, I guess, a break, um, because we were busy putting together Matt's book. Um, it feels like it's been so much longer, if I'll be honest. It does feel like a really long like, time. Like Dexter uh, and I have been getting together almost weekly because yeah. of getting my book ready to be published. And so it, it just felt kind of weird because, like, I guess this is our normal month. time to record. But for some it reason, is. I wasn't thinking that because we've skipped. Uh, it felt like we've skipped, like, two recordings. And so... When I texted you the other day or night asking, hey, are you free this weekend? And you're like, yeah, I'm ready to record. And I was just like, oh, good. That's what I was going to ask. And you <laughs> said you're already planning for it. And I just made me be like, is this actually back? Is this actually back on schedule? Like, it just felt like yeah. so long because a lot of our time together hasn't been for the podcast it's yeah. been for getting ready for my book because it, i finished it a few weeks ago and dexter has been helping uh design and develop the book into uh its structure and everything yeah yeah well we had loose plans to record last weekend which would have been to kind of keep us on schedule but yeah it just kind of took too long it took too much yeah. time that, that's the funny thing about it is, is the first weekend we got together for it, it took about four hours to get it all ready. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we thought it was all done. I got some proofs for it, had some fixes to do, also just had some alterations to do. Honestly thought it was going to take maybe an hour and then we'd have the afternoon to hang out and stuff. Mm. It turned into another five-hour session. Yeah, <laughs> just a bunch book. of fixes, yeah. Which we it turns had, out there's more fixes. <laughs> yeah, there's still a couple more fixes to do, but by the time this episode comes out, it should be available, I think. Yeah, and so if all, go, all goes according to plan, head over to Amazon and buy the book. Just, yeah, well, have a, 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 a trust me, I think that'll probably be getting prompted a lot uh, for future podcasts. Yeah, and, right, right. Uh, but, but I'll, yeah. I'll definitely link to it in the show notes. So check the show notes. Yeah, because I've been getting some physical proofs done, and I'm done doing the physical proofs. We found the issues that we have, the, yeah, which the is only a handful, least, yeah. which mm-hmm. should not take any time to do. And then mm-hmm. it should be ready to go. And I can honestly say this has been such an experience. <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, without Dexter, like I told him the other night, and a way inferior version would have happened because uh, Dexter has a much more uh, thorough background in design, not with books, but with designing. And yeah. I don't. And so I was kind of shocked by the amount of work <laughs> had to go into this. Yeah. Yeah. I it's it, I think I. I was a little surprised too. It's been a while since I've done a book layout, which by that I mean college, like when it was just an assignment. Um, and so, yeah, I've never actually laid out a book. I'm trying to think of it because I've always wanted to. And so that's why I'm like so excited to be able to do this. Um, but cause there's a little part of me that just wished I could have gotten a job in like book design, but it just never worked out. Um, so, but yeah, no, it, it was definitely, it's definitely fun to, to put it together and it's just taken a little bit of time, probably just cause like I'm not in practice for it. 
Um, but yeah, it's funny just the, all the things to think about, like what kind of font, which we tried one. We didn't like it when it was in print. And so then we chose one that was actually in the same font family, which worked out better. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, do we need the bleed? Do we not want the bleed um, to have the color go to the edges and stuff? It was, Found I don't out, know. Did. I had an idea for the book, and I still defend that it was a good idea. Unfortunately, we (laughs) found out we had an error with loading the book. Oh, that took a half an hour. Over an hour to an hour and a half to figure out why we were having some errors happen where we couldn't load the book. And we found out it was because I very much wanted to put a QR code on the back to link to its future website, but current Instagram page. And yeah, uh, we couldn't figure it out. We loaded the cover first. The cover was the first thing we put up. And then we put the book. We found out eventually, though, that the cover and the book are tied to get excuse me, tied together. And mm-hmm. we couldn't figure it out. We. We we spent over an hour and a half trying to figure out why we were getting this error message. Mm -hmm. And both of us silently in our heads were starting to wonder if it was the QR code. So we couldn't figure out what's a lot of videos on how to change everything. And Mm -hmm. it was still screwing everything up. And then we both kind of concluded, what if it's the QR code? We took the QR code out and it worked perfectly. Our first suspicion was we loaded an old file of the book up and it gave us the error message. But the cover was still connected. Yeah, so it was still the QR code on the cover. That's why. Yeah. Tried to do a different QR code, one that wasn't squares but circles. Yeah, circles. Yep. That didn't work either. So it just comes down to uh, Amazon, who I'm getting it published through. Their system just, for whatever reason, can do can recognize gra- designs of covers and art and everything. But for some reason, the data in a QR code just kept messing it up. Yeah, I well, part of my thought on that is that it thinks it's a pixelated image, and I saw somewhere that it would reject it if it was pixelated, which is annoying if, like, you know, you intentionally want a pixelated cover. Because, like, um, my son reads a book called Press Start, and it's like an the art style in the book is 8 bit, like Nintendo, like, and it's supposed to be a video game that a kid is playing on his uh i mean that he's playing on a nintendo i believe um and so like in my head it's just like would that book just not be able to be published through amazon i would imagine Um, not yeah well and then my other thought i because i was trying to do some more research on this this week and uh i saw somewhere that amazon doesn't like it when you link to uh certain urls um such as i think other publishers maybe i don't remember it was kind of weird and so it kind of made me wonder if maybe they just don't like qr codes because they're afraid that you're linking to something that they don't you know away from amazon or you know trying you know telling people to buy your book at your store instead of on amazon or something i don't know it's entirely possible considering that amazon now has its own social network they do yeah what is that they have influencers that vlog on Instagram products. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yes, I dated someone last year who had just gotten um, who had just gotten certified to be an influencer hmm. with Amazon, and she has a page where she gets products sent to her, and she makes reviews for them. She makes reels oh, on man. Amazon. 
Yeah, sign up for the Amazon Influencer Program affiliate. It's just, oh, it's part of their affiffiliates, huh? Yep. Interesting. That's, How much it's a an... new thing. She uh, she was jiving into it while we were seeing each other, and yeah, she hmm. she mentioned it quite a few times and stuff that she was trying to make it her full time job. Yeah, it looks like you make one to ten percent of each sale. Yeah, interesting. Now I want to do this. I don't have time. Uh, huh. So anyway, yeah, it, it was definitely an experience, like uh, figuring out how. K- uh, it KDG was, works. and I. Yeah, and and that was probably the biggest thing that was hindering us up. We got the font taken care of. We got the grammatical errors we actually had fixed. And then Mm -hmm. the biggest thing was uh, the the idea I had, which eventually we just put the URL on the back of the book. And uh, I did find something else out because while I was working the other night on making the ebook version, Mm -hmm. uh, that's actually because. I'm actually going to have this globally available, but I can only have the physical copy available in the UK and in North America. However, mm. I found out that the ebook is available everywhere. Oh, okay. Interesting. They must and just I have may- printers here and in the UK then or something. Huh. Yes. And on top of it, because the printing cost is gone, the revenue is enormous. Oh, so buy the ebook. Uh, I got to <laughs> figure out how to make it first. I was having oh, sure. with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a project because I really wanted them both out to be at the same time, but I don't believe that's going to happen just because of the timing and everything. So, but Mm. uh, yeah, I uploaded the original PDF file that uh, the book is based on and it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Mm. And it's, it's a, the draft is saved and everything. So if you ever want to look at it just to see and be like, wow, why is it like this? And the unfortunate thing is, is, since I don't have a background in this, Dexter technically doesn't have a background in it. I've been having to use a lot of YouTube videos yeah. to figure mm-hmm. out how to do things. And the biggest problem with that is, is anytime I try and look up ebook, it's just physical books or it's textbooks. It's not children's books with pictures. Mm-hmm. So it's been very difficult to try and figure out how to do it because for some reason the pictures are all, the pages are all there, but the, um, uh, the dialogue is all off. And so I'm not 100% sure how to fix that. Perhaps maybe putting the cover on there may fix that, but I just, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, that was kind of, because it was putting like the first page, like the first technical page of the book, but it was putting it on the, like the title page. Something like that. Yeah. 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 That was weird. Um, hmm. Other than that, that's pretty much been the big focus is getting this, uh, getting this book finished and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been this excited about something in a long time. Uh, just because you've been working on this for, I believe, about five years. Four. Four years? Okay. Four years you got... and three months, I would say, less since like March or February of 2019. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's just amazing to... to and it's fun for me to be a part of the process because like we've, I've seen you know, other friends making, uh, books and stuff, but it's, I've, I've never, I've just seen the final product mostly or, um, and, and so I've never actually been part of the process, but just like, to even know that you've been working on it for this long? It's just, uh, it's just joy, I guess, just to see it actually it, happening. It, it's <laughs> for pretty, me even. Yeah. It, it's been pretty surreal for me, like to actually go through all the things because mm-hmm. Dexter knows all about this, but for the sake of our listeners, you know, I'm not just making a book and putting it out i've gone through all the uh from what i can find proper steps uh, mm-hmm. making sure 
like the layout is a pro is like every book uh the biggest uh headache has been aside from drawing it is been dealing with getting a copyright for it and mm-hmm. the expenses into getting a copyright which was i figured aside from getting my own prints made was going to be the most expensive part i mean other than buying the software i mean i bought an ipad for it so mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> at least now i actually can uh, with this thing being published, uh, I can actually, I guess, be labeled as a creator. Sure. And I mean, for... you're labeled as you can be labeled as an author. Yes. So it maybe it's possible for future uh, endeavors, like maybe more like a software and technology. I may be able to get like a discount or some kind of knockdown on pricing for getting new software and things like that. Oh, yeah. Sure. I get that. Because I know. Uh, uh, Dexter is um <clears throat> is technically labeled a maker due to his uh, 3D printing and woodworking stuff, and you have gotten free software and things by listing yourself as a maker and things like that. So. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, there's a the 3D software, whatever the crap it's called, Fusion 360. Yeah, if you if you claim to be just be a maker, well, and part of that too is like if you but if you make a certain amount of money, you they do ask that you pay the full price, but it's just like. Mm-hmm the honor system i suppose yeah it really is the honor system yeah but i'm sure like becoming like being listed officially as an author and things like that i may be able to get some kind of knockback on some stuff because yeah production cost is very (laughs) expensive to create something like yeah and dexter and i've talked about it a bit uh when we've been working on this stuff um nothing is more upsetting than seeing the modern generation of creators using AI software to create things. Yeah. It's just becoming sad as piss. And, or also like I found a video from someone talking about their experience working on publishing books and doing KDP and her video wasn't bad, but it was kind of, I don't know, a little weird because I found out that it's her living and she does like, she first started off saying she makes like four or five books a month and wow. I was just like, how? And then I found out. Uh, no, but the books that she makes are not books. They're notebooks. She designs notebooks uh, and puts them on KDP. Yeah, I've thought about doing that, actually. I, uh, people do it. That's how people actually. That's, I found out that's how a lot of people do uh, um, <clears throat> make revenue off of that stuff is they make hmm. literally journals and notebooks and just put them on. And then they just wait and just see it happen. That's actually, I feel like a pretty decent idea because uh, it's a the cost isn't so really all that bad. Uh, which I mean, I get your book is thirty two pages, give or take. Um, and so, and I don't, I don't want to get into the exact numbers for costs, but it's just like looking at that, how much you're paying per book. Like if I just wanted to make even just myself a journal, like it'd be easy to throw together and then it'd be pretty cost efficient as opposed to like, you know, going to uh, Target or whatever and getting a journal that I think looks nice. Yeah, for um, over $10 when you can just yeah. go and do it behind the scenes and just make one and publish it and then just <clears throat> put whatever price tag you want and then just do the publisher yeah. cost for pennies. Right. Yeah. 
Right. Well, and uh, oh, something else just popped in my head. I forgot what it was. Oh, I mean, it's the same thing like with hats. Like I, I've been wanting to start open up a, a hat store on the internet. Um, and I have a, a handful of designs that I've made for hats. Um, and to to uh, the company, it's the same company that we use, I guess, for our merch. Head over to our website, recordinglivepodcast.com. Click the merch button. You can buy our merch. But anyway, it's the same company that makes that merch. Um, but they make hats too. And I've I've had one hat made through them, and I think it ultimately costed me uh 20 it's like 21 dollars for a hat like it just to get the embroidery done um and that's about how much a you know most of my hats cost i guess and then that way like i'm getting i and if anything i'm just getting a hat that i've designed and i like it and then i can just throw it up onto a store and then it's just you know they just make it on the spot when somebody orders it mm-hmm. um and that's not i mean yeah it's just uh it, that's interesting to be able to just do that with journals then through that, kdp it makes a lot of sense <laughs> That was the weird thing is I thought I was talking to some I thought I was watching someone who's an author, but no, she's yeah. literally just a, <laughs> just book a maker. Book. Yeah, yeah, she's just making notebooks and journals and stuff like that, which not I a bad idea. It's, it's really not. It's different, though. And it's not what you expected. I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely and, interesting. And I, I will honestly say from my experience and be trying to become a book publisher and things like that, um, my. My goal has never been that this will be like my my full time job or anything like that. I mm-hmm. honestly, much like all my creations over the last 20 years, I just have a story to tell. Yeah. And uh, that's been my goal. And my biggest goal ever will be I like I've told everyone, everyone's like, are you happy? And I'm like, I'll be happy when I have a physical, fully published version in my hand. And yeah, that's my goal. And I. This isn't going to be the only thing I do. I have other stuff I want to do. So I can honestly say at least this has been a learning curve uh, yeah. with what to expect. And on top of it, also just um, trying to make sure that I don't go back and look and see all the mistakes that I made with this. I can honestly say mm-hmm. that the mistakes that I've made have all be- are all behind the scenes. The final product, I don't think I'm going to find any mistakes. And it's just because of the experience I've had and the support structure, Dexter, uh, <laughs> that I have had with this to make this yeah. um, uh, what it's going to be. So, yeah, when it's done, um, buy it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. I was going to say something in there um oh well but yeah it's it's definitely cool I, i'm just so excited i don't even know what else too. to say really <laughs> I am too. Oh. I, uh because i found some yeah. errors in the new proof version that i had i yeah. honestly thought about hitting publish thank god i didn't yeah. but to be honest to be completely realistic i told i texted actually the other night i was actually scared to hit publish like i just have yeah. been like it's it's done quote unquote done yeah. and it was one of those feelings I had where I was staring at the pay, the website uh, in front of the publish button and going, all right, I just spent four years with this idea, like from, yeah. I, from conception to oh, execution and then going, shoot, now I'm scared to hit publish. Now yeah. I'm scared about what comes next. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get the next round of edits done. And if you need me to just hit publish for you, I will. But oh. <laughs> uh, well, and I it's funny that you say that, too, because it kind of reminded me of uh, like I used to make newsletter um, emails for oh, a handful of companies. I don't know that I need to name them, but like I was sending an email out to 
at least 10,000 to probably 50,000 people at a time, uh, which is just, it's funny because like I make websites all the time and I know that hundreds of, or, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have looked at websites that I've built and I don't even think about it. And if anything, like, I don't want to know that people are looking at the websites that I build. And, and partly it's just because like, I don't know that number. And so it doesn't feel real. Um, but then like when sending an email and like, I immediately can look at like the analytics of the email and I know who, when people are opening it, uh, emails, uh, and I get to see the numbers at the end, you know, I, I check them. I think part of my job was even to check the number of like who is opening the emails and stuff, um, to report to the, the client then. And just to see that like the, those numbers is just nuts. Uh, Tom just loved me- that shit. Who? Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's it's Tom it is fun. It is fun to look he, at that, and it's fun that you get you keep you, you even get that information. Which anymore, you with email at least you don't like just privacy things uh, that have gone into effect. Because this was um five four or five or six years ago, really. Um, but uh, it it was funny though, because like to hit send on that email like was just terrifying, mm-hmm. because it's just like if I type something wrong, like that was my fault. And like, and we had people edit it, but it's just like, I still might've typed something wrong, especially in the code. And then it doesn't, if it doesn't show up, you know, correctly in one of the browsers, then that's my fault. And then, and that reflects poorly on the company that I am, you know, that, that, that is paying me to make a flawless email for. And, and so it's, that's the closest thing that I can even relate to you on right now, uh, as far as publishing this book, but like the, in theory, the number is even higher and the you know you've been working on this for even longer um and so like yeah that's a stressful button to click that's the probably the most stressful button you're ever going to have to click though it really is um (laughs) it was i mean like it was just up there with submitting the copyright and stuff like that that once Mm -hmm. i did it i just went all right it's done and uh because boy that one was scary because i'm I'm filing legal documents. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen with that is they'll ask you to refile or they'll say no for whatever reason you figure out the reason you just refile it again, but it's expensive. That's the problem. That's Um, the good thing is that at least what I paid for and everything, if it gets turned down, uh, I get refunded quite a bit. Oh, okay. That is good. Yeah. For some reason, I didn't realize you got refunded anything if they said no. So that's good. I huh. believe so. Yeah, it was. It's a lot of documents and a lot of pages I had to sign on and stuff like yeah. that. It was very interesting. But I know, uh, at least now, uh, for my next project, I kind of uh, have a good idea of how it's going to go. And yeah, I don't believe it's going to take that long. Granted, it's entirely possible it could because I want to do a graphic novel adaptation of the first book. Yeah. And that, that could be that could be over a hundred to hundred and twenty pages in its comic style format. Okay, so oh that's a lot of pages. So you're gonna still do KDP, I assume, with that length. We will see. <laughs> okay. We'll see. I'm um, interested to see how that would turn out. Uh because the other option would be whatever what there's like a, a million options. Yeah. Comic books. I mean, there's probably a lot of options for uh um, a lot of options uh, for just publishing a book, but I, I kind of yeah. just through going through YouTube and seeing some of the easiest options for first time was KDP, which I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. And original, yeah. My, my original choice was to go with Amazon to have it for sale and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. And I was glad to find that there was a service strictly for it and an ebook option and things because yeah. I also want this to be on like Apple, but I kind of had to abandon that for the time being because I really yeah. don't know how that. I think that's a. Se- I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it's a separate service. Like they do it themselves. Yeah, you have to do it through Apple. Like and I, it's then... probably very similar, very yeah. similar yet different to say publishing a podcast on Apple. Yeah, probably. Um, well, and then there's another one. You want to do Apple, and then I think Nook has their own, and then there's another uh, e-reader that's popular that's more of a global popularity. Um, mm-hmm. That So there's, like, really three other places, if you're doing e- e-book, that are, like, the big, top, like, things to hit. Like, so you always uh-huh. want to do, yeah, Kindle, Nook, Apple, and then whatever the fourth one is. Yeah. Um, at least in the research that I've done. Um, other, other than that, like you can just put the, you can sell the, the pub file or EPUB file on your, like on your own website or something, but yeah. Um, anyway, we've been talking about this for half an hour. Uh, yeah. uh other, other than that, I've been on vacation just to re, uh, just to, uh, you know, yeah, cool down from this whole experience. I did, yeah. however, watch, uh, the other night I watched John Wick four. Oh, is that good? I've only ever seen John Wick 2. <laughs> you should probably watch John Wick 1, too. You know, um, I got the gist of John Wick 1 in, like, the first couple minutes of John Wick 2. I respectfully <laughs> disagree. Uh, however, <laughs> I watched John Wick 4, and uh-huh. uh, I am someone who very much uh, thinks they're very fun movies. However, I feel they're all clones of each other. They're all the same. Yeah, and that's uh, why I haven't bothered watching any other John Wick <laughs> Yes. Uh, however, I will say this much. Uh, I thought it was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the biggest problem with it, in my opinion, is three hours long. Ooh, I'd like that. I like long it's movies, a, especially action movies. This movie has 20 to 30 minute shootout scenes. Oh, that's it's awesome. It's kind of amazing that there are literally <laughs> fight scenes that go on for a half an hour. Wow. Okay, yeah. I kind of want to watch this one. <laughs> I, I I recommend all of them, but yeah, yeah, this one literally had like 20 to 30 minute uh, fight scenes. And so it's, it's just like, wow, it just keeps going and it's awesome. Yeah, and, I kind of know a thing. I, I, man, it'd be quite the... Um, it'd take a long time to do, but I almost think it'd be fun to just sit and marathon all four movies. Technically then, you could like, uh, one, one through three are all back to back. And the fourth one yeah. is, a, is a couple months later. Okay. Uh, yeah, so they do, they do take they Wow. So the entire John Wick series is probably like what? Six months, maybe. <laughs> I would go with maybe three months, four months tops because oh yeah, the, that poor man. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, yeah. He ages so much. John, I would say John Wick one through three probably span maybe less than a month. Yeah, that's yeah, they probably do. You're right. Like yeah, the first and second one literally it ha like the second one picks up immediately where mm-hmm. uh third one takes off. And then the third and the f- second one literally the se- the third one just picks up right where the second one like literally the next scene Like him running. The opening scene is, yeah, John Wick 3 starts with him, keeps, and he's still running. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And then John Wick 4 takes place a couple months later. And uh, 
I'm satisfied that these are only four movies. There's a spinoff happening and there's a TV show that takes place like 50 years ago. But this is the conclusion to John Wick. They have no intentions of doing a fifth one. That's 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 fine, I think. Yeah, you don't need to make these. You don't need to make these uh, dumpster fires like the Fast and Furious movies are. Oh man, and they're still going. I think I I, I saw that they that they're making another one still. Oh man. Yeah, uh, and they, I just want them to stop. Also, just because I also think Vin Diesel's an asshole. And yeah. he's just full of ego, and he won't make another goddamn Riddick movie. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Vin Diesel's just an asshole, too. That's like, what i heard. Yeah, the director of The Last Fast and Furious quit because Vin Diesel kept showing up to... He was doing the Johnny Depp bullshit. He was showing up drunk, out of shape, and yeah. he wasn't... And he didn't know any of his lines. And... I think a week or two weeks in, the director quit, and this was the director of, like, the last couple. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, and... I I think my favorite thing, though, from uh, Fast and the Furious, since we're talking about it, uh, I saw a headline that the lady, uh, like, the main lady, I think, in it, I can't think of who she is. She's, uh, she was in... What was she in? I don't know. Anyway. Yes, her. She there's a quote from her saying that she thinks that Hollywood movies are are getting um, uninteresting, and I think she even specifically called out superhero movies, and that we need to stop doing them. I'm just like, you're literally in Fast and the Furious. Like, yeah, just stop. Movies that are honestly <laughs> jokes, in my opinion. Right, and they will not stop making them. It's ridiculous. No, they but, won't. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think, yeah, it's just ugh, those movies are trash. And I don't want the John Wick movies to be that way. Like, I yeah, thought yeah. having huge, I thought making a sequel to John Wick was pretty, uh, was kind of even like, really, we're going to do more? It was such like a small little movie. And then yeah. they made a third one. And I'm like, really, we're doing a third? And then I heard a fourth and a fifth. And I was like, well, they are good. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I'm glad that they're doing spinoffs, though, because I do find the, the, whatever i don't the continental or whatever it's yeah. called i find that whole concept really interesting and i like that's I, gonna be I, the show okay yeah and that i, I like in like the 70s or something like okay. that that's a good idea and i think that that could be a really cool show uh, and you could do a lot with that and you could do a lot of spinoffs with like movies with that um and so yeah i hope they do that because that's interesting as long as like they're not the same movie over and over yeah, and the, yeah, there's a sequel come or there's a spinoff coming out called The Ballerina, which is uh, uh, pretty much uh, like where John Wick came from. Like he was raised uh, uh, by an assassin's guild that uh, was a ballerina hmm. studio. He was one oh. of like, yeah, it, it's an interesting idea. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm I watched it. I was happy with it. Three hours long, super long. I don't like super long movies, but. I yeah. was really satisfied with this. That's good to know. And I always like the villains in them. And it's yeah. also like a lot of great characters also. Like Donnie Yen is in this one. And oh. uh, he was Chirrut in Rogue One as the blind uh, religious yeah, yeah. Well, guy. I mean, he, he's a big name in uh, martial arts or in Chinese films anyway. Yes. Um, and so mm-hmm. he was really good. At, and then the, uh, the guy who... Um, Oh, gosh. Uh, another guy who was Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. He was also in an Avengers movie. He's a very famous Japanese actor who's been in hmm. a lot of uh, samurai stuff. He was really good in it, too. I need to look up who that is. I cannot say his name, I'm afraid. I took uh, one year or one semester of Japanese. I could probably do it. 
John Wick. Oh, oh, come on. There we go. Oh, man. I'm also just intrigued by Japanese. Uh, I usually like the Japanese actors. Uh, oh, Donnie Yen. Oh, uh, Hiro, Hiroyuki Sonata. Yes. Uh, she plays uh, Shimazu. Yeah. Pardon my bad Japanese accent there, but yeah. Uh, huh. Interesting. I have no idea who this guy is. He looks a little uh, familiar. He, uh, he was, um, he was in... Oh, oh Wolverine. The, he's yeah. in the Wolverine, yeah. Wolverine very much. Uh, but yeah, he's, um, he was in, um... Oh, oh he's, he's in the, Bullet Train. He's the casino guy in Army of the Dead. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, that's funny. I didn't recognize. Uh, I just watched Bullet Train like a month or two ago. I think I brought it up on this. I don't yes. know, but uh, I did not recognize him in that. Uh, he's the elder, so he's he's kind of plays an old man. Um, in that oh, one, maybe this photo yeah. of him I'm looking at is old. I don't know, but oh, dude, I don't know. I mean, he's 62 years old. Well, the picture I'm looking at, he looks much younger. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, he I remember he's an Avengers Endgame. Uh, he plays the uh, Yakuza that Hawkeye kills. Oh, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he plays the him? mob. He plays like the mobster that uh, the Japanese mobster that Hawkeye kills. I knew him from that. And then, mm. yeah, he's Scorpion in Mortal Kombat, which he was really good in Mortal Kombat. He's in uh, Mr. Holmes, which was the Ian McKellen Sherlock Holmes movie. I never saw <laughs> that. I kind of want to. I don't know why I never saw this. I I have not seen this, but I have I mean I have not seen it in twenty years. It's been on my list to rewatch it, but he was in Tom Cruise's The Last Samurai. Oh yeah. I I mean I haven't seen that since it came out on I think I rented it on DVD, Same. but yeah. It was a decent movie. I was busy. Oh, I think, I think it was, it's a fun movie. It's it's uh it's Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good good way of putting it. <laughs> it's Avatar before Avatar. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah, but no, he's really good in John Wick. And mm-hmm, Donnie Yen mm-hmm. is also really good in John Wick. I have not seen a bad Donnie Yen movie, so. I've only seen a couple. Uh, I have never seen the IP Man movies. Oh, yeah, I forget that that's what he's in. Uh, I think it's Ip Man, but I'm not sure. That's how it was originally told to me, but maybe it was IP. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, those are supposed to be really good. Um, I don't know too much about them. I think it's a true-ish story, though. Um. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm looking at his filmography. I guess. Uh, he has oh, a yeah. lot of filmography that's just China. That's kind of how I have a hard time yeah. following some of these uh, filmographies from some of these uh, oh, Asian X. actors because they are in their 60s and they have been doing this since they were like teenagers. Like yeah. Donnie Yen's first movie was 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, wow, I didn't realize there's so many Ip Man or IP Man movies. Yeah, Donnie Yen. Uh, Donnie Yen's not 60, he's 59, but regardless... Uh, oh, he's in Blade 2. Like, huh. Yes, he plays the swordman in Blade 2. He plays the guy with the uh, the, the katana in, yeah. the, uh, in the pack. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I know. I, was wa- I watched Blade 2 last year, and I was like... Oh, fucking hey, that's Donnie. There's Donnie Yen. He's in one of the yeah. Highlander movies, which I haven't seen since it came out. Highland? Like a newer Highlander movie? or uh, From 2000. Highlander Endgame. I saw it when it came out. Really? 
Oh, in 2000. Wow, really? Yep. Did we watch that? No, we probably wouldn't have watched that. Oh, I saw that at my dad's when I rented it, and I was like, wow, this is pretty terrible. Yeah, I remember I used to watch... I feel like me and Travis would watch the Highlander movies, maybe. He loves Highlander, too. He still does. Yeah, we probably... I think we watched those... Yeah, yeah, I remember. Because I remember... I think it was Highlander 3, maybe. There was, like, a a Highlander or whatever, uh, an immortal that was frozen in some ice. He was, like, a Viking or something. Uh... Uh, no, that one was also Asian oriented. Uh, it was Mario Van Peoples playing a Hun, I believe. Yes, the Hun. Yep, yep. And I didn't like that one, but it's better than the second one. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fun thing, uh, a guy I work with, he is actually a a, a big nerd like uh, we are, <laughs> and so anytime I bring up the nerd stuff we grew up with, he already knows <laughs> it and knows it by heart, and. He uh, he was telling me that remember the TV the Highlander TV show yeah that entire show was originally supposed to be a prequel to the sh- the first movie and hmm. the first season was supposed to end that led into the first Highlander movie interesting yes but hmm. due to its popularity they changed the ending so it would actually just continue going on oh okay huh. Very weird. I told him I've never really watched the show, but I understood what he was talking about. And yeah, the the origin the first season was intended to be a prequel to uh, the first Christopher Lambert movie. Yeah, but just Interesting. didn't. Yep, but because of popularity, they uh, altered it so it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I since I've been on vacation, mm-hmm. I've watched every Star Trek show now from beginning to end <laughs> except for Star Trek Discovery. Holy crap, dude! <laughs> I've That's already watched the older shows, but I watched Enterprise for the past two to three weeks. I have watched all of Enterprise, mm-hmm. and I was not done with the others, so I finished up uh, Strange New Worlds, which is a okay. prequel to TOS. Yep. And I also finished Prodigy, which is like the Nickelodeon cartoon, uh, like 3D cartoon show that is out now. And yeah, it's like all like alien kids. There's like yes, it is a spiritual successor to voyager okay hmm interesting yes it yeah uh strange new worlds is great by the way mm-hmm. it's 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 wonderful and hmm. yeah it's set uh six seven years before tos it's about captain pike and the enterprise yes. yeah That's i've a, heard very good things about that yeah it's huh. wonderful it's episodic so every episode has a beginning and an ending oh, nice. and yeah uh standalone stories uh-huh. And I loved it. Prodigy, I really loved because, yeah, it takes place a few years after Voyager came home. It's uh, set in the Delta Quadrant with uh, a group of kids who were part of like a mining slave mm. c- colony. They found the USS uh, Protostar and escaped and mm-hmm. uh, the crew is all missing. And throughout the show, they find out that um the protostar actually has a holographic aid that is actually a holographic version of Catherine Janeway from Voyager. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say I see that there's a bunch a couple of Voyager people in it. Yes, uh the ship was actually commanded by Captain Chakotay. Okay. Hmm. And so, yes, it's all about and eventually, yeah, there's the mystery of what happened to Chakotay and his crew. That's, that, uh, what happened to him? I don't know still. 
Oh, okay. Like the season <laughs> ended with uh, the season ended, and so a second season's happening. But I can say it's also a great show. And mm-hmm. since I have binged watched so much Star Trek, and I finished Star Trek Enterprise, I am shocked the amount of references and love that Enterprise is getting with new Star Trek. Hmm. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. And Star Trek Enterprise honest, is that the one with um Scott Bakula. Yeah, Scott Bakula is the captain. Okay. Great show. Hmm. Great, great show. I brought it up to us while we were working on the book, but I finished yeah. it up this week and I can honestly say it's a great show. Yeah, that's interesting because when it was out, I felt like it was very mixed reviews. Like people either loved it or hated it. And I, uh, and yes, a I wonder lot of if that was just because it was like, it. yeah, it, well, it's just, it was like the first, I don't know. It was a prequel. Yeah. Nobody maybe wanted that's a prequel, yeah. which I still, stif- I still defend that idea as if you're critical because they did a step back. I understandable and I agree with it. However, 20 years later, watching it, really good show. Mm-hmm. Really solid show. Highly recommend. Not a bad, uh, not a, not bad, uh, not a poor member of the crew whatsoever. Everyone mm. is really good. Not a, no bad acting either. Like yeah. uh, season one of TNG, unwatchable. TOS, yeah. unwatchable. Uh, Voyager first couple seasons, not great. No. Uh, uh, and Voyager's kind of a mixed bag throughout. However, yeah, DS9 is also a bit pretty mixed bag. Uh, DS9 has some wonky episodes, but I would say from beginning to end, it's probably one of the best Star Trek shows. Yeah, well, and I think just what I meant, yeah, it was like from episode to episode, it's not like it's hard to say, but overall, over overarching, DS9 is by far my favorite. DS9 um, is not my favorite, but I will say it. I think it is one of the best Star Trek shows. Sure. It's not my favorite, but I will not well, say here and say that. And I haven't watched as much Star Trek as you have, so. Yeah, yeah I, I've i actually been, and you know, I haven't watched Discovery, but I'm still saying that I've watched every Star Trek show. And. Mm-hmm. I have no interest to watch Discovery. When I finished Enterprise up, I pulled up Discovery on Paramount Plus, and I just kind of went, I don't want to watch this. Well, I heard yeah. season three and four are good. And I went, and I'm like, well, maybe I can just skip the first couple seasons. And I went to season three, looked at some synopsis for some episodes, and I just went, no, I don't give a shit. What is and, well, like, what is that show even about? Like, is it a ship that's... It's a show, it's ten years before TOS, Oh, okay. It huh. stars Spock's adoptive sister, Michael Burnham, oh. and it's about the USS Discovery, and okay. it is pretty much like it. It's like Picard. It's just, it's just our. It's just like a twelve-episode movie. Uh-huh. And it's so not Star Trek, and so I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't care to watch this. And mm-hmm. at the end of the second season, they get thrown into the 32nd century. They get thrown like 900 years in the future. Oh. And they're stuck there. So season three or four are them in a future where warp drive no longer exists because all the dilithium in the in the galaxy exploded. Oh. Uh, the Federation has not dissolved, but dwindled where Earth is not even part of the Federation anymore. Wow. Everyone's everyone's redacted from the Federation. And hmm. and the Discovery does not have a standard dilithium warp drive. It has a spore drive that it can hmm. transport all across the galaxy in a hmm. blink of an eye. And it's like, OK, where was this? Yeah, this why, this why did they abandon that technology? <laughs> So here's the thing. I've looked this up. They get okay. thrown 
900 years in the future, uh, they classify that ship and everyone on it and say they all died. And that's why that technology never existed. Oh. Yeah. Just kind of whitewashing that away. And um, sure. <laughs> yep. And then they just remove all that stuff. So now this ship now has technology that can reintegrate warp drive and stuff and yeah. or create a faster than light travel. And so my reaction mm. is just I don't care. I know like half of the first season, the second half first season is all mirror universe stuff. And I'll be honest, I don't like the mirror universe. What is the mirror universe? It's when they Sorry. go to another universe that everyone's an, an opposite of themselves. So they're all evil. Right. Yeah. That's dumb. I'm good. So, yeah, I don't really have an interest in watching any of that bullshit. So, yeah, I have a hard time with Star Trek and like where where they've been going with the I don't know, the future, I guess, the present, mm-hmm. like just the where technology is just so highly advanced. It's just ridiculous. The um, nacelles float. They're not connected to the ship physically. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, nacelles are just, it looks like Halo technology. Okay. Yeah, yep, and that- Star Trek is just never, I, to me, when they start doing stuff like that, it just doesn't feel like Star Trek anymore. Yeah. But, I don't know. I don't no, know. I agree. I think I don't, and you know, the biggest thing was, is, and that was the problem with Enterprise, is they did a prequel. Voyager just ended, and Voyager just got home, and this was the third show to spend in this era of, the 2380s 2360s to 80s where uh a a concrete era and that's what people want to visit they don't want prequels they don't want any of that stuff they want to keep into this era of picard and cisco and voyager and stuff like that that's that's yeah such a huge time era to explore and you know dominion Mm -hmm. war ended what happened afterwards yeah like that and so i think that's why picard was so much embraced was because it was returning to this era that was a brand with the jj movies yeah yeah well and and like i think partly like um maybe it was just the jj abrams movies especially that i didn't like but like let alone the way that the Enterprise one or whatever the the main ship Enterprise uh, in the J.J. Abrams movies just didn't remotely look like the Enterprise. Yes, um, and it's supposed to be the same ship. I have that problem. I actually watched all the Star Trek movies in the past. Mm-hmm. I went on a trek and I watched everything: the TOS movies, the yeah. movies, and the Abrams ones. And I was texting our friend Travis. I was live texting him while I was watching these, and it got to a point where. Uh, they were walking around the ship and they were in engineering stuff. And I texted him and said, "Engineering looks unrecognizable." Same Enterprise, and they yeah. shot the, the Enterprise in the first Abrams movie. The engineering was shot at a Budweiser brewery. I believe that it doesn't. Yeah, that's what it looks like. There's just tanks of beer everywhere and pipes and valves. Yeah, and yeah. I. I didn't bother me the first time, but then now, ten over ten years later, I'm watching it and I'm going. This is supposed to be the same Enterprise. Yeah. Like, why just, does I mean, it look so different? I will admit it's bright. It's nice and bright, unlike yeah. modern Trek, which everything's dark. But uh, everything is also just so white. Like, the bridge yeah. has no color but white. And yeah. I can honestly tell you, uh, going and watching Strange New Worlds, where mm-hmm. it is modernized, but the Enterprise is so colorful, mm-hmm. and 
it looks like the TOS Enterprise. And the TOS mm-hmm. Enterprise is not my favorite design. Yeah. However, it's so pretty and it looks like the Enterprise. And I'm just looking at it going, what a step back those Abrams movies were, where they just well, were supposed to be the same. Why not just do yeah. a remake? Yeah. Like, well, and, and that's what make it felt like. Yeah. And well, and the thing is, is like it, it was pretty. It looked good, but it just didn't feel like Star Trek to me. Nope. Um, and, and like, even when in, I don't know, I guess they were done as flashbacks in the JJ Abrams ones. Um, when, what, it, uh, who was, it was a Spock that was like in some weird ship and he was getting that, the, the red matter or whatever it was. Yeah. Leonard Nimoy Spock. Yeah. Yeah. And just like the ship that he was even in and just like the type of technology that they're dealing with. It, it's just like. It's way too advanced. It's getting to the same point of like why I don't like Superman. Like it's just this character is way too like basically technology is just getting too powerful and it's yeah. not interesting anymore. Yeah, and even modern Star Trek has gotten that way in the shows mm-hmm. where you know you've watched the first season of Picard where the yeah. control panels are there, but it brings up a holographic control panel. Yeah, well, or yeah, like that one the the ship the the ship that they're mostly on it like it's even comp- almost completely run by holograms anyway yes and um yeah and i mean i've kind of gotten used to it a little bit but i can say that yeah. the final season of picard got much better with uh trying to find a uh a compromise however mm-hmm. um uh, i don't know i will say though that uh uh i'm not a big fan of the abrams movies i liked the first one mm-hmm. when it came out i thought it was fun yeah I, hated into darkness the con remake like yeah that I, movie has never even turned on me i went to that in theaters <laughs> opening weekend actually 10 years ago because it was memorial weekend that came out yeah. i went on a saturday matinee and by myself and i left and the first thing i did was i was driving i got caught in a terrible storm it was a hailstorm. i actually had to pull over huh. and uh sat in a parking lot while I was hailing and I called Travis and I just <laughs> unloaded how much I hated that movie. And I've watched it a handful of times thinking I'll give it a redemption and it never has. It's just a terrible film in my book. That said, yeah. uh, three years later, Star Trek Beyond came out. Abrams was, was the producer, uh, one of the Fast and Furious, the guy who left Fast and Furious. He directed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Lin, I think is his name. Uh, that one, absolutely love it one of my favorite star trek movies it is a good film and i think partly like it actually felt like an old star trek episode because yes, like it complain about that uh, that's what made it good when there's movies that remind them of the show <laughs> and i'm like that's the point yeah like it, it it felt like yeah it felt like an episode and and you know what that that was it's funny because that was my problem with um st- what was, uh insurrection, insurrection. yeah is that one felt like an exactly episode too? Yeah, but yeah. like, I, and I think that like as an adult, like now, I I actually appreciate that about that movie. I think just when when that came out, I was I wanted a more action packed film because that's yeah, that what that's what First Contact was. That's what um generate even Generations felt like a TV sh- like felt like an episode. Um, really, like the biggest problem with those movies is Patrick Stewart wanted to be an action star. Yeah, like so. I mean, if anything, First Contact, which when I, you know, when we were younger, that was my favorite film. Is it's that's the one that's weird. And then First Contact is still good. I'm not going to say is. it's not. It's still no, no, no. good, yeah, regardless. Yeah. It's, it's just, 
it's just a, a lot more action packed. And the funny thing is, is uh, the one with uh, the the Picard clone. Um, oh, Nemesis with Nemesis, Tom Hardy. Yep. I, I don't remember that one at all. <laughs> That's okay. It? I don't. I didn't remember it very well either. I saw it in theaters, and yeah. uh, I I had to rewatch it a few years ago, and I'm like, I, oh, yeah. This one isn't bad. <laughs> I suspect that I fell asleep during it. I have no idea. But, like, I know I've seen it. I don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, and it's well, just so I, funny because, like, I don't forget movies that easily. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, I had that with a movie recently where I watched it and I was texting Lee. And I'm like, I have no memory of this film. Mm, I yeah. can't remember what it is. I really can't. I was trying to think about it. But it's like, I have no memory of this entire film. Huh. And... But yeah, I, I don't know. I like Beyond because, it, like, the first J.J. Abrams movies, it's the Spock, Ohura, uh, Kirk movies. Yeah. Everyone else are just B characters. Which is really Beyond. too bad. Yeah. yeah, and Beyond, everyone's important. Everyone yeah. has a role. And I give a lot of credit to Simon Pegg because he wrote it. and Oh, yeah. He did what a very good job. In Simon Pegg? Uh, he's... <laughs> still doing stuff i oh well i mean he's making those mission impossible movies right which i finally saw one like a month or two ago and it was pretty good yeah i was surprised that i liked it but anyway he's doing those but yeah he he did that and i mean i really don't see him as a scotty but i think like beyond's great and plus i have some love for beyond because even though i hadn't seen it until recently i have a lot of love for any kind of reference to enterprise because it's the uh underdog of star trek and the yeah. villain of that movie is from the enterprise era and it's very possible that he was on the enterprise during that yeah show. the idris elba villain yeah he plays Edison, i like that who, he was a mako which was the military before the federation was formed and okay. he makes a reference that he fought uh that Oh, God, what does he say? He was a veteran of the Zindi and the Romulan Wars. And after watching Enterprise, mm-hmm. the Zindi is a full season, but it's pretty compact into just one area of space. They mm-hmm. attack Earth and kill seven million people. Oh. And when the Enterprise leaves to go stop the Zindi from trying to destroy Earth, they bring Mako with them. It's They bring a military squad with them. Mm. And while the character's not in the show... It seems very obvious that if he's referencing that, and I've looked up uh, some of the stuff on the Star Trek Wicking stuff, it yeah. seems like it is a retcon that he was probably one of the Mako soldiers that was on the Enterprise during mm. that time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and plus the ship, the USS Franklin in that movie, it's different, but it is pretty much the NX Enterprise. Mm, okay. I mm. wish it was the NX Enterprise design, though. Just I wish it was the exact same one, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, this has become, unlike Marvel or Star Wars, the, the podcast, it's been like <laughs> Star Trek because of That's all fine. watching, but yeah. it's uh, it's just been a lot of fun because I canceled Disney Plus until Ahsoka comes out, and so I've just been like, I got I got Disney Plus because of Picard, and I just decided to keep it until Ahsoka comes out, so I've just been just indulging in so much Star Trek, and it's, yeah. it's, it's a franchise that I love. But it's not a franchise that I've ever been super passionate for. I've liked the movies. I grew up with TNG, Voyager, and Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can say I'm a fan, but I'm not the same fan that I am, say, with Marvel or uh, 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 Star Wars. Yeah, which really, but, too, I mean, with all the things that you're talking about, and right now, like, this is the best time to be a Star Trek fan. Like, they're I doing think so, so much. There's, 
there's th- there's two really good shows and one that's not uh, mm-hmm. out, which is Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds comes back in two weeks. And I was telling Travis, because whenever I, <coughs> excuse me, whenever I get on the treadmill and do my walk to kill the time, I call Travis and we mm-hmm. uh, we spend an hour or two hours div- uh, like gushing over Star Trek because Travis mm-hmm. is a very much a Trekkie. Yeah, like, he loves Star Wars and Star and Marvel like we do. But I think out of all of those, his big passion truly is Star Trek. And so mm-hmm. he he asked me, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And so it makes the it makes exercising go by so quick. And and so and plus, I have some friends at work that are also like just they know it, too, which is just shocking. And <laughs> they tell me all the stuff that's. Uh, that even I don't know. So it's it's been a really yeah. good fun time to kind of just let that Disney Plus expire and dive into another franchise way more deeply than uh, uh, than the others right now. It's a good time killer because there's what is there? I I, uh, I don't talk about TOS much because I don't want to watch TOS. I think TOS sucks. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I tried watching it. I tried watching a long time and it was a low budget show. It only lasted like what? Three seasons. Uh, yeah, I thought too, but yeah, it lasted like three seasons and Gene Roddenberry had full control. And that's why I think it doesn't work that really well. Cause yeah. as I've said many times before, Gene Roddenberry, the God hating communist polygamist that he was that wanted Star Trek to be this weird human involved utopia where people don't have issues with each other and everyone gets along yeah. and, the itch situations come from other aliens and it's like, yeah, they tried that with TOS and it sucked. And then they tried that with the first couple seasons of TNG and it sucked. And then you died. And then D space nine came along and said, we're going to have so much interpersonal conflicts. Yeah. And it's the show that I say is the best because of that, because Benjamin Sisko is up there is one of the best. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, vo- characters. I won't say captains because he wasn't a captain. He was a commander start, for, but, yeah, for a while. Yeah. They didn't uh, want a black guy being captain. That's what they kept saying is as yeah, well. They did eventually make him captain, but yeah, they did. Um, I think it's more of a journey. I kind of understand though, that if people, if the people behind it say we didn't want a black guy being captain, it's like, that's really shitty. But on the other hand, we did get to see, his evolution into being a captain, which was great. Yeah. Well, and uh, along those lines too, like Voyager had a lot, uh, like that was originally built on the interpersonal conflict of the Maquis being part of the crew. Yeah. And they abandoned it so fast. They did. Yeah. They but abandoned I, it, uh, did not even know that uh, Kate Mulgrew was not the original Janeway, that the original Kate, uh, Janeway quit four days into it. Really? Yes, it was a famous French uh, French Canadian or Canadian actress, and I think she huh. uh, her first day on the set she started. They found her crying in her trailer, and huh. by like the third or fourth day she quit, and they brought Kate Mulgrew in. I can't even imagine somebody else doing that. Like that was just the perfect role for Kate Mulgrew. I feel like she was a film actress, and she uh, did not realize that it was going to be daily 12-hour shoots and shit like that, and uh, she just finally said, I can't do this. This is terrible. I know... Yeah. Uh, uh, the funny thing is, is uh, there's a podcast. I haven't dived too deep into it, but you might enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Uh, let me look it up real quick. I apologize. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Star Trek. I just want to get their names. Star Trek. Uh, by the way, everyone who has been in Star Trek has their own podcast, if you didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Are you looking up... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's... Uh... Kim and... Yeah, Robert Duncan McNeil and... Um... Uh, where is that? I think of their stupid names. <laughs> I know. It's... Uh... God, why can't I... Oh come but on! Is Doesn't it Harry? He have is it Harry Kim? Uh, Garrett uh, Wang. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Duncan McNeil and Garrett Wang. They have their own podcast called the Delta Flyers Podcast, where they literally watch every episode and then do a discussion That's episode awesome. about it. And yeah. they've been doing it for a few years now. I have it subbed, but I haven't dived too much into it. And they, yeah, they just break down and. Uh, they break down everything about the episodes. Oh, man, and their cover art is horrible, too. What? The cover art for this podcast is horrible. Yes, it is. I agree. And then I found out two of the guys from uh, Enterprise, uh, Trip and Reed, they also do the exact same thing. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I actually just started listening to uh, the Lord of the Rings version of this uh, with Mary and Pippin. Oh, Jesus. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's called The Friendship Onion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Billy Boyd and uh, Dominic Monaghan. Uh, I've only listened to the first episode, and it's pretty... It, it's it's enjoyable. I didn't realize that they're actually... In real life, they're very good friends. Yeah, uh, because but, like, everyone that came out of The Lord of the Rings has stayed close friends. I mean, they all have yeah. uh, matching tattoos. Yeah, well, uh, but apparently, like, in particular, them... And uh, and I think it's just because like they were always together as Mary and Pippin, like yeah. they were kind of forced to be friends for one thing. But uh, but I guess like after filming, they would just go to the bar and hang out together. And it was I, and they just said like it never they never treated it as like they have to do this. Like they wanted to go hang out. I guess that makes um, sense since uh, since Dominic Monaghan is uh, English or Irish um, and uh, well they both are. Um, oh well, uh, Pippin is Scottish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and I guess Do- so. Dominic Monaghan, when it uh, when it first when they were filming, he was twenty three, I think he said. So he had They're been so fucking young. It's sad. Yeah. Like Elijah Wood wasn't even eighteen when they when they started Seriously? filming it. Wow. Yeah, they celebrated his eighteenth birthday while filming. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, I guess uh, though those two Mary and Pippin guys, like they get confused for each other constantly, which is oh like. My I- God. I get that because it's just like, you know, I can I don't remember who's Mary and who's Pippin. I, and although I do now that like or I'm reading or I'm listening to the book. But uh, like, I don't know, a couple months ago, I, I don't think I could have remember, really? you know, remembered. Really? No, well, I can now. But, but before? It, no, like, I, I, I don't I'm think judging I. judging you. I'm judging myself because I can, when you say other people did. And I'm like, God, am I just too obsessed with being a fanboy? Because I know I knew them from from the get go. Jesus. Well, the thing is, is like, I know which one's Dominic Monaghan and I know which one's Billy Boyd. Like, I can yeah. I, I would never confuse them as people, but I confuse Mary and Pippin because, like, they're, you know, they're oh. just like always together. They're always just goofing off. Like, that's just Mary and Pippin. But um, but I guess like when while filming, uh. Like nobody could remember who which one of them like who was who, and I guess constantly um like one like they'll be uh you know just walking around and somebody will hand Billy Boyd uh a Mary poster to, or you know something to sign as <laughs> Mary and vice versa, and uh he's just like yeah I'm constantly being or I think Dominic said uh yeah I'm constantly being asked what it's like to 
Oh, now I can't think of his name. Uh, uh, Russell, what it's like to work with Russell Crowe because Billy Boyd was in Master and Commander with Russell Crowe, and then Billy oh. Boyd said, Yeah, everyone always asked me what it was like to be on Lost. <laughs> it's just oh. like, and I guess, like, yeah, they're just constantly being confused for each other, and I, and I guess, like, they'll even sign the other person's name if you hand them the wrong thing. Oh, that's just the nice thing to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would want them to sign their real name on the wrong thing, that'd be hilarious, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, it's a, it's, I, I don't know that I'm going to listen to any more of it. It's just, it was just a delightful first episode to listen to at least. Um, yeah. It's funny though, how much, I mean, it, cause it started uh, at the beginning of uh, COVID and I'm, I'm betting a lot of these podcasts probably started I, at the same time. I think the Garrett Wang and Robert Duncan McNeil one did as well. And I know that the uh, Michael Rosenbaum one did with Smallville. Oh, because with Smallville, yeah, because he he's him and had, Tom Felling do the same yep, thing. They do an yeah. episode by episode breakdown podcast. Well, yeah, and well, he's been podcasting for years and years. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, uh, but the TV show podcast. thing, yeah, for sure. That's a that's a COVID problem. <laughs> I believe so, because yeah, Tom Welling was his first. Because him and Tom Welling are very good friends. Yeah, they he was his first guest on Inside You, but uh, yeah, I think mm, it was yeah. 2020 when they kicked off their Smallville podcast. <laughs> yeah well yeah and i'm looking at the whatever the delta flyers club one um or whatever just delta flyers uh and yeah it started may 3rd 2020 yeah um that's so funny uh oh speaking of, of he's of this so sort fat of, now too it's it makes me laugh who robert duncan mcneil superman no tom uh, paris tom paris oh it's yeah. been 20 years. These guys are all in their 50s now and stuff like that. But it's just kind of baffling to see some of these guys and be like, oh, my God, they're so big. Oh, uh, eh, he's just older now. I like, know. That's, like, that's just old man. It just makes me self-conscious being like, I need to keep working out. I don't want to end up looking like a, a ball in another 10. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just what happens. It's funny, though, how much Robert Duncan McNeil, he looks like uh, the guy who played Shaggy. And oh, like, yeah, him and, yeah, he looks like he looks a little. lot alike. Um, no, but like, uh, so uh, watching Ted Lasso, like on that show, one of the players, like he's an older guy, but he's supposed to be a soccer player, so he's pretty fit. Um, and like, I never thought anything of him. Like, he's just a very athletic-looking dude, but he's supposed to be like in his forties, or he's definitely in his forties, and even in real life. And then I, I was looking into like his filmography because he's just an English actor, and so like I've never seen him before. And he's mostly a stand-up comedian, but he's he's done some film. And I found a movie that he made in his twenties, and man, he looks so much just thinner. Yeah. And I realized like, oh, he just has the old man fat face. Like, yeah, just, that's the face thing is I don't want to like act like a body shaming or something. It's right. just. I, I get kind of shocked when I see these actors now that I well, grew yeah. up with. And I was telling Travis about that where it's like, oh, wow. Because um, I'm watching so much Star Trek. I Google these people and I see yeah. them now. And it's like, oh, my God, that's right. That was 30 years ago they were in this. And they were in their 20s. <laughs> they were in their 20s, yeah, yeah. And now they're all in their 50s. Like, I'm still kind of happy and surprised that uh, that they were managed to pull off Picard with the entire cast. Because yeah. they're all still alive. Yeah. I looked up Shatner today. Shatner's 92, 93 years old. Wow. Dang. I, he's going. Yeah, that one's that. That's a that's a ticking clock right there, because I was like, yeah, I guess T.O.S. was almost 60 years ago. So that makes sense. Yeah. And, hmm. 
because uh, I think it was because I was looking up Walter Cohen, and Walter Cohen's up there too, late 80s, and mm-hmm. he's still active. And then my reaction mm-hmm. was, who's left? Michelle Nichols is dead. Leonard mm-hmm. Nimoy's dead. Forrest mm-hmm. Kelly was the uh, was the first to die. Uh, De, uh, De, uh, DeForest Kelly. Um, uh, James Doohan, I think. To be completely honest, it's just Shatner and Cohen left. Yeah. Oh, and and George Decay. I was gonna say George, yeah. But George uh, Decay, yeah, is Asian, so he's going to live <laughs> for another fifty years. <laughs> how how are you all this, George Decay? I would say George Decay is probably right next to Shatner. I'm gonna say ninety. Eighty-six. Okay, okay. But he's uh, still so active. Like it's always a real oh, pleasure whenever I yeah. hear him in a cartoon or something like that. Yeah. Man, Robert uh, Duncan McNeil, so Paris, he's 58. Yes, he is. Which Man. and Voyager came out oh, 28 years ago. So he was yeah. 30 when it kicked off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He was in an episode of TNG. He was supposed oh, to play the same character in Voyager, but they didn't want to pay the writer of that episode royalties. Oh, man. That's kind of how weird how that shit works. I don't know yeah. how. I'm guessing it's freelance work, but it's kind of baffling that writers own, uh, own a yeah. portion of their script. Unless it's Marvel, then Marvel owns it. Yes, because they have AIs create them now. Uh, <laughs> probably. Apparently, uh... Robert Duncan McNeil was in Masters of the Universe, like, in 1987. Yes, he is. Yes, he, he is. He was Kevin Corrigan. I don't remember this yep. movie. Is it, you don't is remember? It? Oh, Masters of the Universe. I know I've seen it, but I was, like, two, I don't know. I was, like, four. First ten <laughs> years is in uh, Eternia. Last ten minutes is in Eternia. The rest of the movie is all set in L.A. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it was, like, kind of about He-Man coming into the real world. So yep. it does does... McNe- uh, Robert Duncan McNeil play like a main character. Like, is he yeah. just a kid? How He's old are you? Courtney Cox's boyfriend. Oh, oh man, Courtney Cox was in this. Holy crap! Yeah, they uh, were. Uh, they were the uh, uh, instead of while the Masters of the Universe are the fish out of water example in this, they also were the fish out of water because they were the people who were explaining them Earth and. The Eternians were the ones explaining to them about Eternia. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Bobby Cox's parents were killed in like a car and a plane accident a year earlier. And so uh, it's like she's planning to move away. And Robert Duncan McNeil plays her boyfriend. And she's about to move when the masters all come and look for the key. Yeah, that's all ringing a bell. I grew up with that movie. I actually yeah. know that movie from beginning, middle, and end. Man, I need to re- We should rewatch this. Put it's this on worth it. the list it's, of things to watch together. Yeah. You know what, next? It's totally worth it because here's yeah. the thing. Uh, it's a canon film. They ran out of money, and so they had to shoot the ending uh, in like a garage uh, on the set with no lights. Hmm. Uh, they had stuntmen play the characters in the fight scenes with very minimal lighting so they wouldn't see them. Um, and it literally was. Uh, Cannon showing up at production saying we're done and it's like we're not done with the movie doesn't matter we're done and Mattel Toys actually forfeited the other half of their licensing money to get the movie finished wow yeah hmm 
Yeah, like the director's the cameraman for the entire final scenes and stuff like that because they couldn't bring the rest of the crew on set. It was uh, like shot with a skeleton crew. Yeah, that's interesting. It's got, let's see, it's got a really low meta score, 35. Oh, it's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Superman 4 is what killed uh, Canon. But yeah, they also held a Mattel, held a contest that kid could, uh, a winner, a child could win a part in the movie. And the winner showed up. Mattel showed up with the kid and said, hey, here he is. And they're like, who's this? And they're like, he's the winner of the contest. He's going to be in the movie. And they're like, we don't have a plot for him. So they threw a fucking pig mask on him and have him just as a background holding Skeletor's staff. That's funny. The kid does conventions now. Are you surprised? No. Nope. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean, that, I, w- I would try to milk that. Yeah. I mean, what? Is, he's not a kid anymore. <laughs> Skeletor looks so bad. Oh, Frank Langella is Skeletor. It's so good. You can see I, his nose through the uh, the like the filament. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what? why he looks bad. But anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, to everyone who's still listening, um, head over to our website, uh, recordinglivepodcast.com. Uh, buy some of our merch. There's a cool mug. Uh, that's cool. And notebooks and stuff. Um. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe go to Amazon and buy Billy the Zombie Boy. I think it'll yeah, be out yeah, by yeah. this so, time. <laughs> if nothing else, uh, go yeah, go to BillyTheZombieBoy.com. BillyTheZombieBoy.com. Uh, it'll be Matt, that goes to Matt's Instagram, which I presume yep. I have a link in the bio. If the yes, I open. intend to have a link in the description bio. Yep. So and I'll put a link in the uh, show notes. So uh, yeah, everyone head over and buy that for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening.